What in the world could camels, COVID-19, and a health club have to do with having an innovative and disruptive mindset? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change you want to see. This episode is brought to you by Shift Shaper Strategies. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. Clarify your message so you win more clients, crush your sales goals, and build your practice. Learn more at shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, here's your host, StoryBrand Certified Guide and Chief Transformation Strategist at Shift Shaper Strategies, David Saltzman. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Ron Lake, and, and Ron is an adventurer who has a penchant for adaptability, finding opportunity, creating innovation. He's the owner of a product and a company called Extreme Mist PCS. And we may talk a little bit about what that product is, but we're really talking more about the fact that he's been able, while he's going out and enjoying himself and doing something that he's passionate about, he's found the opportunity to build a couple of products and a couple of businesses. And with that, welcome, Ron. Hi, David. Good to be with you today. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Tell us a little bit about your background, if you would, please. Sure. My background is pretty varied, to be honest. But to get right to it, I've always been an adventurer. If it's not gold mining, hiking, touring, jumping out of airplanes, whatever it is my whole life, I've been into kind of more of the adventure scene. And I really got into, I would say, in my later adult years into adventure travel. And adventure travel has led me all over the world. And being a big hiker slash trekker, depending on what side of the globe you're on, I've always really enjoyed finding some of the harder type of trips that will challenge me, whether it's up into the Himalaya or if it's into the world's hottest deserts. I like the extreme. And that's kind of what led me into my current business and vocation that I'm into now. Well, you know, I, I think that the folks who are listening to the podcast are also into extreme adventure. And, and these days, I think I could qualify selling healthcare, health insurance as extreme adventure. But all of us like to mine gold. And one of the ways you do that is while you're out having a, a great old time trekking around the globe, as you called it, is you realize that there's a problem and there's a need for something. When did the first aha moment hit you and, and how did that go? Well, that actually, that transpired, it was over 10 years ago now. And I was taking a trek in Mali in Africa and I left out of Timbuktu, just getting to there was a whole nother story. But uh, I left from Timbuktu with three camels, a camelier, which is the guy who owned the camels, and an interpreter, a kid that I got out of Timbuktu and bribed him into coming. And we headed off on a thousand mile journey into the Sahara Desert. And it was really about 140 degrees every day. That was the heat cascading off the sands, bringing it up to that level. And this journey was going to be having to put on like 30 miles a day of walking and somewhat riding here and there on the camels. 
coming from Arizona where I currently live and grew up, I thought that I was pretty tough as far as the heat went and prepping for a lot of these trips. I'll go out in the middle of the afternoon at the zenith of the heat, put boulders in my backpack and go hiking up and down the mountains and try to get ready for some of these extreme trips. Well, I thought I was pretty well in shape for this until I got out there and hit that 140 degrees every day. That was an eye opener for me, for sure. It wasn't easy. It was tough. And partway through, maybe 100 miles into this journey, my camelier showed me why we'd have to take a break for up to five hours a day and just put a blanket over us independently and sit there and wait for the sun to go over. And he showed me taking our boiling water, just short of boiling that we had in these gerbas hanging over, which were actually truck inner tubes hanging over the camel sides, and that heat would be attracted to that black rubber, and it would just nasty hot water. And he showed me taking a metal bowl, making an impression in the sand outside of my shadow, and tilt it towards any breeze and put it in the sun. And within 10, 15 minutes through the evaporation process, it would leave behind because the ex heat exchange would happen. It's a physics thing. Not ice, but darn near to me at that point, it was ice cold water. That first sip was, I'll never forget as long as I live. It was uh, for all the misery that you're in and in those miles right there of just pure heat and no relief every day. Finally getting a drink of ice cold water was just amazing. And then that was the aha moment that I thought if if I could use this evaporation process like we have in mist systems that we have commercially and at home in Arizona and integrate it into at the time was my camelback or any other type of hydration system so I could drink and mist from the same system. And I just started thinking about that. And for hundreds and hundreds of miles, I had nothing to do but to think. And because there's really nothing else to do out there. So that's how I developed this idea for a hiking product, which I promptly put into the to-do book. As soon as I got home, I was going to jump on it. Well, it wasn't until a decade later that I finally dredged that out. And that's lesson number one. Don't hesitate. If you think you have something, jump on it, because if not, it'll just sit in the pages and, and the ink will dull. So there, you said you had camel, a camelback. So you, you had the ability to, to hydrate, right? It was a different aspect of hydrating, wasn't it, that, that really kind of turned on your light bulb? Yeah, sure, David. It was being able to put that mist in front of me. And as mist comes out through a misting system, there's a heat exchange process. So I could put in boiling water. Right now, I could, like a cup of tea, pour into the camelback bladder, or now we have our own packs as well, and turn on. It has a small pump that goes into the backpack. I push a wireless button, it's like a key fob, and I have eight different speeds to control the flow of the mist in front of me. So wherever I walk, I'm walking, cycling, running into an ice cold cloud. So wherever I go, I'm walking right into it. I'm staying cool. I'm breathing it in. So I'm also, because it's at chest level, I'm blowing up in my nose and mouth area. So it helps with the runner's dry throat. And it's also helping to cool from within as well as without from the outside. Were you surprised that there wasn't something already in the market like this? Did, did you assume that surely somebody must have invented something like this already? Well, I knew if there was one, I would have owned it already. So I was pretty sure there wasn't. And then, of course, uh, at that point, once I decided to dredge this back out, 
and start working on it, the first thing to do is obviously to check and just that exact thing, check with the patent office, go to your Google patent searches and really search it out and see what's out there. And I couldn't find anything. There's little handheld mist bottles with fans on them. They're pretty cheap and that you can buy at some of the stores but it's something you have to carry with you and hold. So I needed a hands-free operation so I could enjoy my trek and at the same time stay cool. And that's what I came up with. And that did not exist at the time. That's wild. How long and how many iterations did it take? So if the first rule is don't wait when you have an idea, the second rule has got to be iterate, iterate, iterate until you get what you want, right? Of course. Sure. So uh, we're pretty lucky these days because you have 3D printers and a lot of other resources at our fingertips compared to 20, 30 years ago. So it was not difficult really to go to the engineer. I did napkin drawings. I'm not an engineer. So I hired an engineer that could help me out with this, told them what I wanted. I put my hands in prayer, actually, and said, I want that shape, kind of like a pumpkin seed shape, ergonomically nice, no corners or anything. So it wouldn't, if I push it in with the reservoir of the bladder in the pack, that it wouldn't uh, catch a corner, wouldn't catch on and tear it or anything. So I just gave him that idea. And of course, I didn't get exactly that because everything would not fit into it. So you go with your best and your best ideas, give it over to the engineers, and hopefully they'll come up with something close to it. If not better, at least similar. And that's what I ended up doing. And then, of course, the 3D printers, you're able to make changes and improvements without spending a fortune on molding. So, yes, you want to go ahead and get a lot of it done beforehand, because once you decide to make those molds, that's when it gets expensive. And now, a word from our sponsor. It's a fact. Salespeople and organizations lose opportunities because they don't clearly communicate their value. In today's market, your story is your message. It should be crystal clear, perfectly arranged, and precisely targeted to attract the clients you want. As a certified story brand guide, we use the exclusive SB7 process to create that story and the websites and collateral that deliver it. If your message isn't cutting through the noise, we can help. Visit us at shiftshaperstrategies.com to learn how we can help you find, clarify, and deliver a message that wins clients, crushes sales goals, and builds your practice. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. So learn more and schedule that call today at shiftshaperstrategies.com. That's shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, back to our discussion. And so an analogy in the universe that a lot of our listeners are in is if you're sitting there and you've got a client problem, you need to kind of be in the moment and think, well, all right, how could I solve this problem? Because it sounds that you, you know, we, I talk, I do a stage talk called the seven secrets of the shift shapers. And of course, when I do marketing, I tell people to always avoid alliteration and go figure that one out. But one of the things that I've noted is with all due respect to Simon Sinek, People who are innovators don't generally start with why. They start with why not. And it sounds like that that's what you did as well. When you're going through and sitting out there in the sand and in the heat, you must have thought to yourself at some point, well, why, why, is it, why doesn't something like this exist? Yeah, exactly. And I think that the mother of invention, 
I mean, that's one of these things that if, if there's a necessity out there and a lot of inventions people take, they'll take and do a new iteration on a product that's already out there. If I get truly successful, I'm sure that'll happen to me as well. After the process of getting the product ready and uh, not really made yet, but finding out that the engineering is going to work, get the electronics down. At that point, I then, of course, rushed to the patent office and not literally, but went online and got a patent attorney and started filing for patents. And that's quite a process right there. It takes a while. So once you get the patent, that doesn't mean that you're going to be scot-free from people copying it. They can make small changes and things. And in today's world of Alibaba's and Amazon's and all the different platforms, there's a lot of things that can come over and exact copycats and try to defend something is very expensive. And that's what they count on sure. that you're not going to. Yeah. Well, and so as an adventurer, you've got to be in great shape. You must spend a bunch of time at the gym. Sure. Yep. So my normal routine, and I think I'm pretty well blessed living in Scottsdale, Arizona, Northeast area, which is up by uh, Troon Golf Course and where the PGA goes on up at the Prince's Resort. I'm up in that area and we have mountains surrounding everywhere. And I live actually out in the desert, not in town. So it takes me about 15, 20 minutes to get into town. I actually have a couple miles of dirt road just to get home tonight. So uh, when I leave the house, there's no coming back for the most part, because I'm going to go to town to work or to shop or play. And so when I get up in the morning, I'll go hit a mountain and I'll usually go do a four mile switch back straight up, basically, and go run or hike up those. Then by that time, spend an hour, hour and a half, and then head direct to the gym, which I'm lucky the gym is right across. I'm looking at it from my office right now. It's right across the parking lot. Unfortunately, it's closed now due to COVID. But then I could go to the gym, do, get in a quick hour workout and have the showers there and then just walk to work. It's across the parking lot. Well, COVID rolls around. And the gym, before the order was put down, the gym was having a meeting when I happened to be there. And I said, hey, what's going on? They said, well, we think we're going to close down because of this COVID thing going on. And I said, well, there's no orders yet. And he goes, yeah, but the clientele is not secure in the fact that we're disinfecting properly. And all the gyms have the squirt bottles around all the stations for the clients to use. And hopefully they have a crew that comes in in the evenings. But with COVID, things have to be hit constantly. So they said that the people, they were losing all their members. So I said, you know what, before you make that decision of closing, give me 10 minutes. I walked back over and looked at my product and decided, you know what, and I yanked off the drink hose and put a plug in the, in the Y section because the, the misting and drinking shares the same reservoir. So I was able to remove the drink hose and I took the chest length hose that had the mist nozzle on it and I extended it down the arm's reach and I went back over there 10 minutes later, filled it up with their sanitizing fluid and it's a wireless remote with eight different speeds. So they were able to put it on, the manager put it on, started walking around and the gym broke out in applause. Everyone was so happy that they could see something going on and from that point on until they got the mandatory close down, they kept it on all day on an employee. So even when they weren't spraying, at least the patrons knew that they had it and that they were using it on a constant basis. 
So that's another thing to pay attention to, right? Is, is even though you may have solved a problem, there's another iteration for it. There's another opportunity. So when you innovate, whether it's in your case with being at the gym and making those small modifications and then filling it with a disinfectant, or whether you're solving a, a salesperson and you're solving a problem for a client, it's not to sit still. It's to say, hey, you know, there's, there's other ways this can be used as well. Sure. So that was an easy pivot for me to do. The need was there, absolutely, as we all know. And to be able to go in and just make a quick change on something. And that was as easy as you can get on something like this. I'm not going to say I'm lucky because it's COVID. And we never, I never intended to go into the sanitation business. I'm the hiker, I'm the trekker, but, and that's my passion and my love. But having to, being able to do this and after the gym, I donated some to the hospitals, the COVID wards and things, and they were so thrilled about it that so they started using the product. And then their sanitation companies that come in, the contract workers saw it. Next thing they were trying to buy them from me. So here we are now in full blown out business of providing these for sanitation companies and individuals and school districts and governmental. So the one nice thing about it is even though, as I said, it's not my passion, but to be able to help out communities and people and have people out there and trying to get this darn virus under control, that's kind of a good feeling. So I sleep pretty good at night over that. It is, but it's also changed your sales profile, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has because it's probably 50 to one, maybe even more than that now from our misting and drinking products from the extreme mist line going over to the portable sanitizing system line. So we have two names now, two different websites. ExtremeMist.com is for the misting and drinking and PortableSanitizingSystem.com for the sanitizing. So it really opened up another avenue. And the other thing is I've only got four to five months on misting and drinking to make things happen, except for trying to sell into other markets for summertime in the in our winter south of in South America, Australia, some of those places for the misting and drinking. But now with the sanitizing, it's year round, obviously. And it's not going to go away, even if they, we get hopefully soon we get some sort of relief from this virus, whether it be from everyone getting under control with masks or with uh, someone coming up finally with a, a shot for it. That's that's why I can hope. But no matter what, I think within our generation, at least, the sanitizing is not going to go away. I think we've kind of got taught a very harsh lesson that uh, we're going to abide by from now on. Well, you know, it's interesting because I mean, to paraphrase John Lennon, it seems that success is what happens while you're busy making other plans. I mean, those opportunities are out there, whether it's in the industry that you find yourself in today, where you never planned on being, you never in a million years thought when you were no. trekking through the desert with the camels and cooling down your water and all that stuff, you never in a million years thought, oh, this would be great to spray disinfectant too. You were just trying to solve a problem for you and for other adventurers like yourself. And yet you've built an entirely different industry almost by happenstance. Absolutely. There's no two ways about it, that this is something that just happened. And and listen, am I going to make some money off of this as well? I don't want to sound like that I'm just doing it out of the goodness of my heart, which I'm very happy that's part of it. But 
again, being able to have a year-round business out of this was something that was unforeseen by me because of the uh, sanitizing system. So absolutely. And I believe in any aspect of any business, whether it's insurance or anything else out there, there's always opportunities. You just got to figure them out. And trying to stay one step ahead of things, it's always a hard thing to do, but there's always people out there that figure it out. Shark Tank wouldn't be out there without that, would it? And those people could be you. They could be anybody. Or anybody. It's a great place to leave our conversation for today. Ron Lakend, owner of Extreme Mist PCS. Ron, thank you so much for sharing your story. It's really inspiring and I think sets the standard for other folks to think about how they might innovate regardless of what their industry is. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, David. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shaper Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.